Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And like always, we have a great show for you. This week's guest is the New Jersey-born and bred hip-hop artist, Crime Apple. During our interview, we talk about his new album, Aguardiente, produced entirely by Big Ghost, which, if you remember, was a Fresh is the Word pick of the week back in episode 73. We talk about that along with the building of a brand as an extension of, of your artistry, along with keeping your integrity when your career starts to ascend. Uh, Crime Apple is definitely a part of the new era of hip-hop artists, bringing a lyrical, heavy, dark, and grimy sound reminiscent of those early days of Mob Deep and currently in the same vein as the likes of Rock Marciano, West Side Gun, and Conway. A lot of good shit coming out from all those guys. An aesthetic where the product is heavy in artistry and culture. So let's get on to the interview with Crime Apple. Wasn't too far, uh, too long ago that I first came about uh, your music because uh, um, House Shoes was playing it on his uh, Magic Radio state uh, radio show, and I was like, "Dude, this this is the type of shit that I like," you know, <laughs> and. Um, and then when you put out your uh, recent uh, um, album that was produced by Big Ghost, um, is it, um, am I saying it right? Aguardi, Aguardiente? Yeah, no, it's good. All right, good. <laughs> I was like, I was so impressed by that album. It's like one of my favorites, if not my favorite hip-hop album of the year thus far. Well, you know, it's still early, but um, I appreciate that. <laughs> cool, man. So, um you know, getting into things, you're, so you're, um, have you always, um, you're originally from New Jersey? Born and raised. Cool, cool. 
how did you uh, first get into uh, you know you know being um, you know doing hip hop, being a hip hop artist? Mm, I mean, it's just kind of like it was already just in the molecules, you know. I don't know if I ever really saw um, a future in it per se, but you know, it was always something that I was pretty, um, I guess, skilled at, you know, in terms of like writing and whatever, performing and stuff like that. Okay. How old are you right now? Uh, no birth certificate. That's a documented answer if you listen to any interview. There's no birth certificate on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. I tell you what, I feel like I'm uh, 21, that's for sure. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, Um, the cool thing is about like uh, your music, it's just like, I feel like it's in, you know next in the line of this sort of rebirth of like that sort of grimy East Coast, you know, hip hop. And I felt like it all kind of started like with um, you know people like Rocky Marciano and Ka, where there, where it was just like something something changed. You know, they were doing something that was a throwback to something from the '90s or whatever, but it, it felt different. You know, you know when you kind of think about your style and how it relates to others. You know, how you know where where does this come from? Where does the influence come from? You know, why do you feel? Why does it feel like this is such a new and in sort of fresh thing, even though it does have elements of, of some older hip hop? Um, that's hard to say for me. Um, perspective wise, you know, I'm not doing anything, you know, differently per se, drastically differently, you know, than I was doing, you know, whatever, a handful of years ago, close to a decade ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's a lot of rhymes that came out this year on a, you know, various projects and songs that were written in 2009, 2010, you know what I'm saying? And I might've just dusted them off and did a little editing so I could match the times a little bit better, but I really don't know. I think hip hop is, you know, definitely one of the, one of the only genres that I know that has such a deep appreciation for, for a new artist, you know, that, that resonates. So I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, you know, I know I hear people say that all the time, like second coming and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's not really for me to pick apart. I'm just doing what I would normally be doing, whether anyone was listening or not. Right. So, you know, it seems like you've been doing this for a while now. What happened to where, you know, maybe just out of the blue, maybe the past year or so, there's been more of a buzz for what you've been doing? You know, what changed? Is there anything that changed in the past year? Uh, I mean, a lot changed in the past year. Um, if I have to like say, it's kind of like this, it's like a step-by-step process. I think, um, you know, I think one of the first times that a lot of people maybe were privy to, to what I was doing might've been when I went up to static show on Shea 45 and then it kind of just trickled on from there. Whereas, you know, then I popped up on, um, Hush Kingpin's album, you know what I'm saying? And it just kind of spreads out from there. You know, the next thing, you know, I'm on the, I'm on Smooth's album then I'm on Makami's album. You know, and it kind of just—it's like a—it seems like a wildfire from that point. <laughs> before you know, before all that happened, you know, you know, why do you think you were so low key about everything? Were you just kind of in a sort of a tunnel doing your own thing? You know, why why did why was it such a low key a low key thing before all of this happened? Uh, I mean, because you know what, because because cash is 
Because rap, because what it has to go, rap is secondary, money is necessary. So I really didn't have the, um, you know, the the dedication, I guess, to to actually treat rap like a career. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless if we were talking right now or not, I would still be coming out of my pocket and putting my time and energy into making music because that's what I'm going to do no matter what, no matter who listens. But I guess there was that point of, I guess, like a somewhat, you know, some small validation where, you know, I saw like some, a lot of feedback, I guess, and not just like in my area, you know what I'm saying, different parts of the country, different countries, and next thing you know, you know, someone wants to buy a verse or whatever. And then I said, okay, then, you know, if there's something that I could turn into um, into to a business, then, you know, it gets 210% of my time. But prior to that, you know, I didn't really see it as being a, a viable option to to make money. Right. Since, you know, has there been like sort of a, you know, bit of a holy shit moment that you can remember where just like you you think, hey, I could actually be doing this as a career for a long time at this point. Is, do you have any of those holy shit moments? I have holy shit moments like every other day, to be honest with you, <laughs> last couple of months. That's what it feels like. Um, yeah, there's a bunch, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, going up to the radio and, you know, blazing static show and there being no, you know, no question as to what happened, you know what I'm saying? That was a moment like, holy shit, meeting Premier. That's a holy shit moment. Meeting a lot of cats, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, someone reaching out. Some, so, you know, so, there's some holy shit moments that I can tell you about and there's other ones that I can't tell you about because <laughs> that's at the other artist's discretion. But, you know, there's certain artists that have reached out to me to do work for them. Right. And it's definitely like, holy shit, because I was just listening to you two, right before you called. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, I got a message or whatever, a text or, you know, and they're asking me to get on their album. So that's holy shit moments. Um, you know, even me just doing what I'm doing, I think one of the illest holy shit moments, and it's probably like basic in comparison to what I'm talking about, but I see a lot of um, people gravitating from what I do in other states and other countries. So a real holy shit moment for me that happens every once in the blue is when I see someone riding by me in my neighborhood when I'm walking back from the grocery store and they're playing my shit in their car and I'm like, wow, how do you even know? <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It must be, that, you know? that must be a nice feeling to, uh, to hear that in like in your own neighborhoods. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, everything is a nice feeling. You know, when you have, um, when you have aspirations to do something that's not the normal type of job, you're always going to have, whether it's friends, families, or peers, you know, telling you that you should have a, a backup plan. You know, you should do this, you should do that. And, you know, when you realize you really don't need the backup plan as much as they think you did, you know, that's like the, the biggest validation. You know what I'm saying? Given that, like, maybe before you didn't have, you know, much thought going into what you wanted to do with your hip hop career, but then all of a sudden start things started to go your way. You know, has there, has there any, been any sort of like inner accountability that you needed to put upon yourself to be able to sort of reach any sort of new goals or just even keep things going on a daily basis? Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I tell you what, man, I try to, I try to keep everything balanced. I don't put 
I don't know if I think about it that deep. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like autopilot for me. I feel like I'm full of good ideas, whether it's branding or marketing myself or, you know, the tone that I want to follow up my last project with. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I think, I think, and I think it comes through in the music, you know, I'm just having a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up with, uh, you know, marketing and branding. I feel like between uh, cats like you or Rocky Marciano or um, West Side Gun Conway, they have these ways of uh, making everything that they uh, put out, whether it's the music or T-shirts or whatever, special. You know, how do you go about sort of making any sort of thing that's a part of your your sort of brand, so to speak, special for your audience? It's, you can't even, you can't even, it's intangible. You can't even describe it. It's like the secret sauce. It's not something that, you know, it doesn't require, if it requires too much thought, then it's probably not the way to go. There's a million rappers who are supremely talented, maybe in some cases, possibly, you know, possibly, not likely, but in some cases, maybe even more talented than myself who will never, ever, ever get the burn that they maybe think they deserve because they don't think about these other things, at least a little bit. You know, some people, you they're nice, and then you look at their mixtape cover, and it looks cr- it just looks like trash. <laughs> or you look at their Instagram, and it looks like trash. Or the music video is trash. Or the merch is trash. So you could be the nicest rapper ever, but if everything else doesn't kind of flow together seamlessly, then you're up shit's creek. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, on the um, on the, on on your Aguardiente album, you um, it was uh, produced entirely by Big Ghost. You know, how did that all come about? You know, how did you come about um doing this collaboration for this album? I mean, that was pretty simple. He just um, he had hit me up, and um, I think someone had mentioned it. Actually, Nick Garter. Shout out to Nick Garter, the barber from Ohio. He had mentioned one of that happened, and then Big Ghost hit me. Was like, yo. I was already thinking about that. What's up? And that was it. It was that simple. Word. Yeah. What? Yeah. What I like about you know cats like you is that it's you know you're putting out you're putting out music that is full of you know great lyricism. Very you know the vibe of the album is very the music is you know very grimy, kind of dark, and it's but it's not necessarily you're not necessarily glorifying anything that you're rapping about. It's more about a realness involved with it all. It kind of reminds me, like, my favorite album, my favorite hip-hop album of all time is The Infamous from Mob Deep, and that's something that that album did well. It talked about some real shit but never really glorified anything. You know, kind of speak about your content and kind of keeping that realness aspect to your, uh, to your raps and to the content of your music. Again, it's really just balance. I think I try to um, definitely put facts about my life without giving too much away, but I also try to make sure that there's some moments that are humorous or some humor, some moments that are going to make you, you know, pull on your heartstrings a little bit. Right. I think, you know, a good song or a good album should kind of be like a good movie that kind of evokes all, all types of emotions. And, you know, I managed to kind of be able to do that without having to think about it too hard or, like, plan it out. 
Um, and it just kind of just falls together. But it's been like that, you know what I'm saying, for a minute now. How do you go about sort of, you know, picking part, uh, picking parts of your own life and sort of injecting it into your rhymes to make to while keeping it relatable to, uh, you know, anybody that wants to listen? That's a good question. Um, I guess I really just I make sure that I um, understand how it makes me feel. You know, I kind of got to have an idea of, you know, what I want you to think about it. And, you know, you might not think what I wanted you to think about it, but I definitely have an idea. You know, like if I'm talking about some shit that's, you know, that, that hurt me a lot, I'm probably nine times out of ten, you know what I'm saying, going to say it in a way where you're going to feel my pain to a certain extent. But at the same time, it's like with stuff like that, you know, to, to a lot of people, it's never what it is to me. You know what I'm saying? There's certain songs that are out that people are like, oh, yeah, I love that song. And I hate that song because that song reminds me of some terrible shit. But, you know, whatever. It was therapeutic. Right, definitely. When when you sort of, uh, you know, look back at, you know, the, the journey that you've had thus far, you know, you know, with the whole, like, maybe you weren't, you know, thinking about, you know, hip-hop as a career um, too seriously before, but then things started to pop off. You know, what sort of uh, sort of lessons would you tell someone maybe listening to this podcast um, that was maybe going down the same journey where things might not be popping off for them instantly? You know, what sort of advice would you give to that person? It's like twofold. I would say, one, don't ever be afraid to um, to experiment and to, you know, use trial and error and step outside of your comfort zone. I think that's very important. But what's even more important than that is just sticking to your guns um, and just, you know, telling your story the way you want to tell it. But, you know, what's of even more importance is to be honest with yourself because you could lie to everybody, but you can't lie to yourself. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, I know when I'm working my hardest and I know when I could be doing better, you know, and I would definitely say that things didn't really start connecting until I was really like, I, right, I'm going to really work as hard as I can. And that's kind of when it starts working, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't have to be the most talented person in the world to resonate with people. But you have to have you have to have some of both. It can't just be all talent and no hard work, or it can't just be all hard work and no talent. You know, just because you um, just because you don't burn rice doesn't mean that you should be a chef in a five star hotel. You got to be real with yourself. It's not for everybody. How important do you think it is to sort to have um, that sort of positive, honest outlook onto yourself, but then also have positive honest people around you during this time for me i think it's relatively easy because i don't really let my circle you know get oversaturated ever in life really so you know i know there's definitely like new new faces and you know new names that are trying to come into the picture and 
offer their two cents or, you know, get down with the get down. But I'm real big on, like, energy and stuff. So I can kind of see the bullshit right at the door. So I'm just not saying that really affects me in any way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still have the same small circle, you know, helping me do what I do. Now that you're at this time where you're starting to uh, gain some steam and music, kind of buzz, buzzing a bit, you know, people are uh, asking you for features, blah, 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 a bunch of different stuff. How do you sort of uh, deal with all that and not sort of get a big head and keep things uh, moving along in a, in a really positive manner? Well, again, that's just like a matter of, you know, that's another, that's another place where balance comes into effect, right? Because I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, my work should cost what it cost a year ago, right? But then at the same time, I'm not going to be a dickhead and act like, you know, uh, you, you got to pay me, you know, 3000 for a verse or something crazy like that either. So I think it's just, you know, being realistic. Um, I, but anyone who knows me, you know, whether whether they talk about it in a positive light or a negative light, um, you know, and maybe to my own detriment, I'm very approachable. I'm a very realistic person. I mean, I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's a lot easier to let someone else who knows me well tell it. But, um, you know, I'm not a stupid guy. I'm a very um, self-aware person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would never, um, you know, let my head get too big. But at the same time, it's like, what are we here for? You know what I'm saying? Like, the numbers got to go up. These are the fruits of labor. So, you know, the stock is going up, and as long as I keep doing the good work, you know, to justify that, I don't really think, you know, anyone could ever tell you that, you know, Crime Apple's getting a big head or some shit like that. It's just false. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's um, everything you're saying is like a good um, idea about knowing your own value. And I feel like a lot of the more underground artists outside of the mainstream stuff, you know, people like Rocky Marciano, who's selling $30 digital albums and $100 vinyls, or the, 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 the clothing merch that Westside Gun and Conway are doing, they're, you know, they're establishing a value. You know, how important is it to establish your own value and know it and be able to sell it to your audience? If this is what you do as a job, it's the most important thing that you could do outside of making, you know, quality content. Those are the, you know, if this is what you do for a living, the, you know, I think the two most important things are doing your very best and, you know, having the cojones to say, this is what I want. You know what I'm saying? And as long as, you know, I've said this before, as long as, you know, you go to sleep at night with a clear head, I mean, at least that's important for me. You know, a lot of people, and I can't, and sometimes I don't always do that, but I think for the most part, you know, when I'm operating, you know, in any capacity, whether it's selling, you know, merchandise or an album or a feature, I always go to sleep well at night. Because I know I'm not trying to take advantage of nobody and, you know, leave people bankrupt or overprice something, you know. There's like a, there's like a small pocket. It's a balance, right. you know. Some, you know some, someone might feel comfortable selling a fucking $100 digital album or a $1,000 CD. 
more power to them. You know what I'm saying? It's not my place to knock what anyone else is doing. My only job is to make sure that I sleep well at night. In regards to that, just the idea of being able to have that sort of clear conscious and uh, sleep well at night, how do, you, how do you sort of combat that when there's so, many, so, many, so much temptation in the music industry to, to sort of do different things and maybe even cut corners or get over on other people? How do you sort of keep that conscious clear? I mean, that's easy because, you know, when I was coming up, I had my fair share of raw deals where, you know, people didn't do what they were supposed to do. And I did what I was supposed to do. And in plenty of those instances, I've seen karma come right back to those people. You know, whether they fucking, you know, whether they got to take, whether they got to fucking, you know, face certain circumstances that they didn't, you know, I'm just a firm believer in karma. You know what I'm saying? So I know if I start fucking around and doing people dirty, it's only going to come back to me tenfold. So why even do that? It doesn't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, this is a community. And the only way that it survives and thrives is by, you know, anyone who's playing a role in it to do right by, at least to the best of their ability, to do right by, by their peers. So I really don't feel any temptation. You know, I'm talking to someone right now who wants to, you know, get a record from me somewhere in Italy. And I feel like he's like a little, we're going back and forth on the email. And he's a little nervous about paying a deposit because he's thinking that I might like never do the record. And I'm just like trying to assure him like, man, you know, I'll definitely do what I said I'm going to do. And in the event that I don't, it's well documented. There have been times where, you know, fucking, I can't, I don't have the time to get to something that someone paid me to do. And if that ever happens, I will refund that person's money with the quickness, even with the merch to the best of my ability. You know, when I'm selling a shirt or a jacket, I'm pretty meticulous. You know, some people are a little thrown off when I'm like, yo, what's your measurements? You know what I'm saying? Chest to chest. How long does the shirt need? How long does the jacket need to be? And even in those instances where people provide measurements and I come out of my pocket and I get something done, you know, to the best of my ability, I'll give you a full refund and I'll take that back. You know what I'm saying? Because what's more important in business than, you know, the customer being happy? The customer's not always right, but I do want you to be able to say, you know, Crime Apple's a stand-up dude. You know what I'm saying? And I never heard anyone say otherwise. <laughs> right, right. In the, sort of in the example you said about uh, the, the guy in Italy wanting to uh, get a record from you, um, there, you know, is there any sort of, uh, you know, preconceived notions that that people have towards just rappers in general that get get sort of projected on you that you gonna that you often have to combat? And how do you combat all those sort of stereotypes and preconceived notions? By just doing what I normally do, which is defy them anyway. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people expect rappers to be late. You know, I'm very rarely late to anything. I'm usually a little early. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like whenever, I, you know, if I'm going to record something, chances are, you know, the engineer is going to show up and I'm going to be sitting right in front of the studio having a smoke, just waiting for him or whatever. It happens. You know what I'm saying? People expect, you know, people always expect funny business, I guess, based on prior dealings with other people. But I don't really worry about that. You know what I'm saying? It's You're, you're either going to do business with me and figure out that, I do it the right way or you're not. And either way, more power to you. 
whether it's you know other other MCs, other artists, DJs, producers, or even your fans, you know how important is it in building uh, your career to have that sort of sense of community and to kind of you know build this sort of universe that everybody's a part of? How important is that to building a career? I mean, it depends on the type of career we're talking about. I think that, and you talk about, and you use the word industry. Um, I look at my thing as very DIY. Um, so, I mean, it depends on the career you're talking about. But for me and the way I do things, which is very grassroots, it's very important for me to be, you know what I'm saying, upfront and vocal and, you know, respond to comments and, you know, engage with people and see if they got their order and all that kind of stuff because I've almost, you know what I'm saying, I've had people in my circle tell me that it almost seems like every time I get a, a win, it's like the people who've been following from earlier on, they kind of feel justified and they get excited. You know what I'm saying? And I like that. So it's like, you know, we're all kind of in it together in a certain capacity. That's why, you know, at the end of the day, I definitely, um, you know, think about the common person who's maybe not swimming in cash, you know, and that doesn't mean that I don't make music for someone who is, because I certainly do. But, you know, I'm very, very, very privy to, to, to real life circumstances. So I'm all about, you know, being an upright citizen and, you know what I'm saying? A very forward and saying what I really mean and not going back on a commitment to anyone. Do you feel that uh, other artists, other hip hop artists, other MCs who may be on similar trajectories that you are, do you feel like um, that other artists are the, maybe your peers are all, you know, kind of supportive of each other or is there, you know, something else going on there? Do you feel like other, other artists are supported, supportive of you and each other? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel support from plenty of people that I would consider my peers. And, you know, in the event that there's instances where I don't feel like I'm being supported, I kind of shake that off because, you know, arguably, you know, you could get on the phone with a number of people who others may consider my peers. You know, I don't think I have that many, but, you know, another person who you might think is my peer might turn around and be like, well, you know, Crime Apple doesn't support what I do, but that's not the case. You know, for me, I have tunnel vision. You know what I'm saying? Like, I might listen to an artist who I fuck with. I might listen to their album twice, you know, buy it and all that, because I believe in that. But I might listen to it twice. You know, I'm really not checking for anybody. You know what I'm saying? Whether, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not checking for nobody like that. You know what I'm saying? Unless I feel like I'm going to get something from it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, if 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 I'm not getting nothing from it, the only thing I might be able to get from it is, like, something that could dilute my process. And I don't need that. So I really don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not listening to a lot of cats. I really don't. You know, people are, people get in my car and they laugh. That's the shit I listen to, because I'm not listening to rap like that. <laughs> wait, wait, what are you listening to? I don't know, man. Sometimes I'm listening to fucking Light FM, <laughs> the oldies. I might be listening to some classic rock. I might be listening to some salsa. I don't... I can't do rap 24 hours a day, though. Oh, I don't know if any of us could. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, you know... I, for me, as a creator, it's not even conducive to, to my process, so... I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I definitely feel like there's, def but there's definitely plenty of people who, who are supporting and rocking who, you know, might post a link or a picture or whatever, 
and they don't have to. And I respect that, you know what I'm saying? And I, but I'm just very, you know, I'm very clear on my process and how I go about doing stuff. So it's like, yo, if you drop some shit, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't, I happen to not see it because I'm not on Instagram all day and I didn't post it. Don't think I don't support you. I just got tunnel vision like a motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. When it comes to artists like yourself who are independent, uh, DIY, that type of stuff, you know, just in, and then in comparison to maybe the sort of stereotypes of what a rapper is and everything, what are what are some of the myths do you, you, you think exist that you don't think are really true for a hip hop artist this day and age? I mean, the biggest myth is that the biggest myth, unfortunately, you know, everyone's not a killer. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's not busting off like that. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's kind of always, that's always been, you know, part of a, part of the genre, I guess. Um, I don't, but I don't know. I don't really, I kind of just do what I do, man. And like I said, just tunnel vision. I don't pay too much attention to, to anything that anyone has to say. You know, if it's negative, you know, more power to you. If it's positive, thank you very much, more power to you. You know, it's just my, my, my objective is to just, you know, do business the best way possible. Um, and first and foremost, just make the best quality music with the most integrity that I can. What do you think has been the most satisfying part of being a independent DIY artist? Honestly, that in itself, being an independent DIY artist in an age where, you know, everyone will have you believe that it's like, you know, it's kind of like a crapshoot or a pipe dream. So the fact that I've even, you know what I'm saying, gotten as far as I've come is very satisfying to me. You know, I could, I could, I could die today. But that's it. Like, I'm already solidified in my hood. No one ever did it like I did it coming from where I'm coming from. So that in itself makes me happy every day. You know what I'm saying? And I just know it's the tip of the iceberg, though. If if someone was listening to this uh, interview, you know, had no idea who you were, wasn't even a hip-hop fan, never listened to anything, what is it about your life? What is it about your life or career that could be, you know, that they could get, they could learn something from, you know, that could be transferable to, you know, how they live their life. What's something about your life and career? I would say that, you know, it's cheesy, really. It's kind of cliche, but it's the same old adage of it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. Word, word, cool. And, um, yeah, just to, uh, you know, close out this interview, um, I did uh, send you a, a, um, a question that I always end my interviews with uh, earlier on. It's, uh, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview and they would have some great stories to tell? Hands down, um, Buck Dudley. Oh, nice, nice. Buck Dundee for sure, yeah. He's been around from uh, from the very beginning, so he could probably tell you 
one too many stories. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right, what's um what's next for you? Do you have any more um um anything else coming out in the future right now? I mean, the two things that I can talk about, you know, I have um, Plata y uh, Salud y Plata coming out on um, Tufcon sooner than later. And then I also got um, a project called Perfect Three. Outside of that, you know, it's definitely a lot of things, but I don't want to really spoil it. I think people appreciate the element of surprise. Oh, definitely. I love surprises. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of surprises. Great. If anybody wants to, um, you know, keep in touch with you, uh, hear your music or whatever, where can they uh, catch you online? It's real simple. I mean, you know, I don't like to give out links and shit like that. Just go on Google, Google Crime Apple. It'll come up. Yeah, yeah, you're easily uh, Googleable, I guess. Googleable? <laughs> is that what the word? I'm definitely Googleable. 100% Googleable. <laughs> definitely yeah man it's been great uh talking with you man and uh good luck on everything man no doubt likewise i appreciate your time brother so that's my interview with crime apple go pick up that new album aguardiente it is one of my favorite hip-hop albums of the year thus far if not my favorite period uh crime apple also has some other uh music out there in the in the internet, in the ether, to uh, go ahead and, and check out. So just uh, just Google Crime Apple, all one word, and there'll be some SoundCloud, some Bandcamps that come up, all great music. Definitely support the brother. Now on to the Fresh is the Word, Fresh Pick of the Week. This episode's pick is the new album Manifest from the Austrian-born drum and bass producer, Matthews. I've been following Matthews as a the release of the of tracks from this album for a while now through Noisier Radio, which is hosted by the Dutch trio, trio Noisia, who also run Vision Recordings, in which this album was released on. Um, definitely really dig this album. I was instantly enthralled by sort of the diversity of the sounds uh, from Matthews. The mixing of the hard and soulful drum, uh, drum and bass sounds, and not necessarily sticking to a... You know, you know, typical format when it comes to uh, to drum and bass. This is definitely a must listen if you like anything adjacent to uh, drum and bass. So that was the fresh pick of the week. And before we uh, leave you this uh, episode, definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. Uh, fresh of the Word is available on all sorts of platforms, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just subscribe by, uh, you know, typing in Fresh is the Word, and it should come up. Please give, you know, give Fresh is the Word a review and a rating if you can, possibly five stars on Apple Podcast. And if I do see that you, uh, you know, left a, a, a review, I'll definitely read it on it on one of the future episodes. If you want to follow me online, I'm at Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh on Facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh, and on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash rensoul. And Fresh is the Word, you can uh, find Fresh is the Word at freshisthepodcast.com. That's where you can find out all the show notes, the links, everything for this, uh, this in all the podcast episodes. On Twitter, Fresh is the Word is at 
F-I-T-W podcast. On Instagram, it's at Fresh is the Word podcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Fresh is the podcast. On SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com slash Fresh is the Word podcast. Now that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening as, as always. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.